Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well and enjoying another episode of the 50 Most Relevant. Today, significant day. We hit the start of the top 10. In at number 10, maybe it's a surprise for you, or maybe he's the perfect player for you to consider in 2023. I've got Tom Stewart on the discussion board today. And why is he so high? Well, we'll get to that in a moment. Joining me on this podcast episode, well, we always have a number of guests right throughout the 50 most relevant. On today's podcast, you might know him as the two-time winner of AFL Fantasy, the bloke that broke Supercoach with a top 10 finish last year. He's the man behind Rara's magic, does some great stuff, not just for the community, but also for the Starlight Foundation. Selby, my friend, how are you? MJ, good to be back, mate. I think last time I'd have been three years ago and I've Talked up Mitch Duncan and he, I think he flopped. So let's, let's do not do that. Let's time. not do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> we always talk about our phase as much as the successes. Well, let's talk about a- another cat then that's certainly right in the wheelhouse of relevant. Tom Stewart, 29 years of age, defender, and some nice career high scores last year. Not just that came last year, but over his career. But there were some career high scores last year. A 167 is what he gave us last, a 169 rather, should I say, in against the Adelaide Crows was not just his top AFL fantasy and dream team score last year, career high score from him. While in Supercoach in 2022, top score of 187 against the Dockers, also a career high score from him. His average in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, just a touch over 94, means you're going to be paying a little bit for him uh, in at 836,000 in Fantasy and 857k in Dream Team, while in Supercoach, just shy of that 110 marker for us, and he'll set you back just over $600,000. And Selby, there's not really much more Tom needs to achieve, not just in a football sense, but in a fantasy sense. He's got his premiership. He's got his All-Australians. He's proven to be a premium over a number of years. There's not much else he's got to prove to us, is there? There's not, but I'm not sure if that's a good or bad thing. And uh, we floated some names for this top 50. And the one who could actually go either way is, is Tom Stewart. Like I think the other names around this mark are all, yep, they're guaranteed to be top couple in their position. Tom Stewart's a hard one to put a line on because he's either going to be, like he showed first half of last year, potentially the number one defender in fantasy where we've got a, a year where you've got the three top dogs uh, sitting there. And then in Supercoach, he could clearly be the top defender there as well. Like last year, I think first eight weeks, he went 114 yeah. average in fantasy and then 120 in Supercoach. He wasn't just the best defender. He was up there with the best players. Yeah. But then it all just came crashing down once he got the uh, first, that concussion, where he's on track for another big 120-odd plus. So he shows he can do it. But then we returned and then got suspended. His back half of the year was the real worry, along with the fact he's a 30-year-old at Geelong, which normally doesn't spell very good news for fantasy coaches. 
No, both from a resting perspective, but also we did start to see, and again, our, your season guy subscribers, which we'll talk about that in a little moment, you did leave a little nugget of gold about both that winning run that the Cats got on late last year did correlate. Now, whether it's causation or correlation, people can argue that really when the Cats hit their straps, Stuart really wasn't at his scoring best, but for years now, we have seen what you pointed out just last year with that consistency of tons, the frequency of 120s, and the rarity of 80 scores or below is really incredible. If you look just over his past 37 games, so over the past two years, his average in Dream Team and Fantasy of 2022 and 2021 combined, a 95.7 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, 16 scores of 100 plus from those 37 games, three over 120, but where he's not hurting you is no real basement scores, just the seven scores in the past two seasons under 80. While in Supercoach, gosh, he's even better. An average of 108.5, 25 tons from those 37 games, nine monsters over 120, and again, just the four scores under that marker. Um, You mentioned his ceiling and that consistency of run he had Selby just before, but I, I think what he has when you almost contrast him to Jordan Dawson, Jack Sinclair, Mitch Duncan, even Sicily, and probably to a lesser extent, a Caleb Daniel. Like he's got as big a ceiling as outside of Sam Doherty. There's no other defender that really can hit that heights like he can. Yeah, and in both formats. Less so in fantasy now, Geelong are taking less these easy plus six and taking the marks he used to back in the day. But super coach where he's still... With those intercepts, and he's almost got that perfect super coach game. So, yeah, when you talked about the run, so that first half year we spoke about 114 first eight weeks in fantasy, 120 first eight weeks in super coach. Like at that point in time, after eight weeks last year, we all thought, well, it's Melbourne are going to go undefeated. Yeah. Whereas when Geelong hit their straps back half the year, it wasn't by design. I think there's no question they'd even say, too, their most important player, maybe outside of those two big forwards, is Tom Stewart. Like he's, at their best, they probably see him scoring like those high 100 scores, but they also show they don't need to rely on him as much as they did. Last five games, 79 in fantasy, uh, sorry, 71 in fantasy and 91 in Supercoach finals, 85 in Supercoach, 71 in fantasy. So he he certainly got hit hard late through a few things. Lack of footy, he obviously had that big Definitely. suspension after the concussion, so he missed some footy and some continuity. But he also got the tag, I think, Old Mitchie Owens got him from uh, from Saints that one week. Ryan Clark from Swans. So yeah, a player who relies so heavily on his intercept marking as the to get the tag means he can spit out a few low scores in a row. So that's what it's that difficult price point where he's a bit below those big scorers from last year. Where you know at his best he can outperform him and prove to be a great pick. Or did Geelong now think well he's he's over 30, or he's going to be over 30 come round one. He's uh, at Geelong. They've shown they don't rely so much on him. They've shown they're at their best when they peak at the right time. Are they going to manage him, rest him, put more onus on your Zach Guthrie's and with Spose who plays a few of their younger defenders? And that's why I'm probably cooler on him than than a lot of others in the uh, in the community. Yeah, he's, he's such a fascinating player. He does... 
get a pretty even split of the kick-ins too. Um, he and Zach Tui are almost like for like Mitch Duncan, probably the other name that sits into that trio of who gets the share of kick-ins. I, I think that is the question mark that people are looking at, at Tom Stewart is, is the back half of last year the new normative or is there some exceptional cases that we can draw the points that you alluded to, both from injuries, the odd tag, just that confidence that got hit, even in that game against Richmond with the Prestia suspension? You could just tell mentally he was really affected by how he was able to enter into contests, which is near, almost nearly so fearless um, in how he approaches the ball and intercepts. So um, there's some interesting little nuggets and threads that people can pull. You might be hearing some doubt that Selby and I are both kind of throwing out there. I think there's one big narrative that probably isn't being considered as much about why Stewart is a really relevant guy outside of a clear history of proven performance is this. Dream Team and Supercoach have had a number of things change over the past few years. The Trade Boost is one of the great initiatives that have been brought into the game. But this year with a four-week buy stretch from round 12, 13, 14, and 15, there was some uncertainty. What would happen on that round 13 by where it's just Geelong and Gold Coast missing, everybody else is off. Now, historically, they've just kind of treated it as a normal week. You suck it up, you lose your premiums and jog on. But Dream Team and Supercoach have come out and confirmed that that week is going to be a best 18. So Selby being able to stash some Gold Coast and also some Geelong premiums, really could help you because covering that round 13 weeks going to be a breeze with, with only two clubs missing. So these premiums and especially Stuart, who has probably the best defensive lot to run through that four week stretch. He could be very, very relevant, especially if he gets on that ceiling stretch, like you alluded to at the start of last year. Yeah, no, that's something I hadn't even thought of when you mentioned it. Uh, immediate retraction to that is well do you just get him after his buyer so then you've got him for those three games it used to be the old uh port adelaide and and gold coast or bulldogs that year in china where the the bread and butter move was get them after their buy so then you've got them throughout the buy round period so you don't have a tom stewart sitting on the bench when other other people do so that's my immediate thought well that's a perfect upgrade target for your first real big premium upgrade in defence, could be a Tom Stewart mm. post-buy and never want to wish bad on people. But if, if you did fade him to start, you just hope he gets a few of these, whether it's a tag games, gets a few of these 83 average post-buy, a few 80s in that big score, that price of uh, or wherever he is at 110 in, in Supercoach or, or mm. 94 in, in fantasy, that he, he could come back a little bit in price. Yeah, and I think that's what you're kind of hoping for. People are looking for reasons to fade and and looking to start because based on past two-year output, man, at his price point, there's a little bit of meat that's built in for you to be able to look at. You start looking for reasons to go, well, his fixture's quite nice early on. It's Collingwood, Carlton, the Gold Coast Suns, Hawthorne, Eagles, Swans. That's his first game at GMHBA Stadium. He's got a really nice history just from last year alone across the formats 
of scoring well at GMHBA. It's up at that 120 plus marker in Supercoach, just shy of 110 in Dream Team and Fantasy. While in every other ground, it's in mid to high 90s in Supercoach, high 80s in Fantasy. Now, of course, there is a suspension and an injury impacted game in those numbers. So it's not a pure like for like data trend, but even just from the eye, we know he and Geelong do play that GMHBA ground just so well um there's not a lot of games early though selby so again that starts to feed into the narrative of well, we could be perfect for the buys i get those games where he's at the gmhba or people could see the inbuilt value at the start of the year and go man that is a nice early six weeks so that's what makes him relevant is both sides of the argument feel pretty valid in how they want to treat him yeah spot on that's why he's a tricky one to read there's a few others where you, you can't see them Going backwards, but there's even an argument. He had that interrupted season last season that he could even go back from that. But as you said, over three years, fantasy's averaged 95. He's priced at 94. So you'd think at the worst case, he can maintain that. At best case, he can do those big hundreds like we saw at the start of the year. And then super coach, priced around that 110 mark, being 108 for those last four. So you're looking at those other big defenders. You can't see or Sisley, Sinclair. They all had perfect years. They did. Dawson. Whereas Stewart didn't have a perfect year. So out of all of them, you might think he's got the upside. I just think he's got more downside to them. And so when it comes to picking my starting squad, you want to go as safe as possible in that regard. And I'm one to to probably leave Stewart out. Yeah. And then you probably throw in the mix that Geelong last year couldn't have timed their management of their side any better. Just the way they were so primed for that final series, no one was really that surprised how dominant they were in that grand final. You could just feel the momentum pushing towards that one day in September. And you know that the club have really smartened up over the past number of years of just about how they manage their elderly players. And it's 29, so I'm, I'm like 10 years off that um, on the on the wrong side of it too, not on the right side, Selby. Um, but we know that the club will be able to manage um, all of those elements yet again. And, and you'd probably suspect that he, Mitch Duncan, who was featured earlier in the 50 Most Relevant, there'll probably be a couple of weeks during the year where we might miss him as well. Yeah, it's funny. Four years ago, we used to curse Geelong for their laid outs, their changes, their resting, their general soreness, but they've actually come probably ahead of the game and you'll see a lot more of that throughout the competition and they timed it to a T. I don't think anyone expected that oldest age group, oldest no. team in the comp to go out and win the flag like they did. So the precedent is set. You look back over the years, these Geelong sub of plus 30 players, whether it was Duncan even last year, Dangerfield yeah. the last few, Selwood, they do, one, get the rest, but also their output is uh, is reduced. They're trying to get that next breed of youngsters coming through. So whether that is a Guthrie, a Bose, a Buse, uh, as I said, I, I think him at his best, if it was like a one, one-off game and you had to get the highest, particularly super coach, the highest scorer for that weekend, He's the you'd, guy you trust. You take yeah, a punt yeah. on him, but over the course of that season, or particularly up until those buys, when you can get in a ride through the buys, I think there's going to be a few mishaps on the way. He's such a fascinating player to look at. The past three years, he's always been around the top of the tree of our defenders. But as we turn and focus towards 2023, is it just business as usual? Or do we start to see just some elements around Tom make him maybe not as relevant, 
Or is he about to prove some people wrong that that hot stretch to 2022 can and will be the new narrative? Whether he's in your starting squad or not, he's going to be relevant. 22% of dream teamers, 39% of super coaches, and 15% of AFL fantasy coaches right now at time of recording have him in their starting squad. They're clearly banking on a little bit of value and the start of 22 to become normative, while as everybody else, I can guarantee you, like Selby mentioned, you get a couple of tags, you get an, a couple of 80s pop early in the year, every single coach will be looking a way to bite into some of the value because he's got the potential, pound for pound, to be one of the best defenders for us. Uh, before we wrap up the podcast and certainly talk about your season guide, let's talk about drafts. As a part of your season guide, you've included your draft rankings for the first time ever, even some keeper rankings, by the way, peeps. So you can go and check that out. On draft day, it's no doubt going to be different depending on the format he's in uh, and that you play your draft. Uh, where are you taking him on draft day, Selby? It's funny. I've been sort of saying the bad things about him, but I've got him outperforming his his position from last year. So I think he's the seventh most expensive player and based on average, he's the 10th best average of defenders. But I've got him hmm. D5 in fantasy, so still a top six player. And that's why if you do start him and you do have these mishaps, he's likely going to be a top six defender anyway. So that's the... Yeah. Safety net of that. Super coach wise, where a lot, of, a lot of astute people putting up to back to being D one. That's where I've got him falling a little bit, and where he was the uh, the third most expensive going in. I've got him D four, so the fourth defender. I've got Doc and Dawson ahead of him, as as well as uh, Sicily. So not thinking he's going to go back to the being the number one, although he's got the potential, but he's still yeah. going to be a super relevant player, as you've mentioned. Yeah, he certainly will be, whether it be for your classic formats of the game or for drafts. Tom Stewart is going to be someone that does give a level of determination of how your season goes. And that's what makes him so relevant. Before we wrap up the podcast, Selby, we've alluded through it a, a few times, the nuggets of gold throughout the podcast, uh, is you put a power of work into the fantasy community over a number of years, not just by uh, winning freaking competitions and doing so well in uh, debut seasons, but you do a lot, not just for the Starlight Foundation, but you also do some great resources. One of of them is the season guide it's out now tell us about how people can get their hands on it if they'd like to yeah it's all online mirrorsmagic.com.au so that's m-o-r-e-i-r-a you actually remember it pronounce it better than me probably mj did <laughs> with that. so go on there follow the prompts it's an option for just fantasy just super coach or both both of those include yeah the draft order and rankings which you and adjust and essentially just a preview of the season. So it's updated for rankings, commentary, stats right up until round one, including uh, some weekly podcasts for each of those and, and articles and a few other things. So yeah, check it out if, if you want. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good resource and I really appreciate those who have, have got around it so far. I know you're one of those, MJ, so oh, really yeah. thank you for that. No, uh, it's a great resource and it's also for a great cause. And really, when you put those two things together, it really does become a no-brainer. So absolutely, if you can kick a few dollars towards it, um, you get great content, podcasts, articles, profiles, and the works, as well as the opportunity to really make a difference in some lives of some people as well. So definitely want to encourage you to do that. All the links of how you could get that are in the description of this podcast as well. Uh, Selby, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast man thank you for your fine work on this but also what you've been doing for the fantasy community this preseason good on you mj looking forward to the uh the countdown the top 10 here we go 
Yeah, well, we've got number 10 in the can. Who are the last few players to reveal? You can go back and catch up on all of the other 40-odd podcast episodes we have done so far throughout this preseason. All the links uh, you can find for the articles as well at coachespanel.tv. In about 30 seconds' time, I've got a little sneaky clue for you about who's coming in at number nine in the 50 most relevant. But if you are loving these podcasts, you're loving the articles and everything you're getting from the Coaches Panel in 2022 do make sure you leave a five-star rating and review across wherever you're listening to this podcast or for a couple of bucks a month you can become a patreon supporter exclusive content hidden groups podcasts for both classic seasonal and keeper league content as well there is plenty all there so who is in the mix tomorrow for the 50 most relevant if you were to do it as a pre-season photo this guy would be your number one Years of proving that he's one of the biggest fantasy performers year in, year out. Captaincy potential, no doubt. But is 2023 the year he goes from not just the top of the class, but where he now heads the territory that only a few have treaded before in Dane Swan, Tom Mitchell? Can he get to the levels of a Tom Rockliffe? He's done it for big stretches before. Who is this guy that's already climbed the mountain and feels like he could do it again? Or maybe, just maybe, some supporting cast around him going to slow him down a little bit. Number nine on the 50 most relevant. Who is he? I'll tell you tomorrow. <laughs>